0: You're listening to Underestimated. Real stories from real women. Discussing how they've overcome everyday hurdles and rose above. We will not be underestimated listening to my second episode of Underestimated. Today I am so excited to be interviewing Jessica Lawler. Jessica is a self-made entrepreneur who runs her own content management PR company with a pretty spectacular list of clients. I'm really excited to interview Jessica because she started her company in her early 20s and made a ton of sacrifices to get it off the ground. And as you can imagine, had a few naysayers trying to bring her down in the process. So, to prevent me from giving anything else away, let's jump into my interview with Jessica and hear more about her story. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I just found out, they just told our company um, that there's going to be furloughs and shorter work weeks, but I think we're just going down to four days a week, so.
1: Oh my goodness,
0: that's so crazy. I'm kind of excited about it other than obviously the lost pay, but I was just like, cool, I can work on all these other things. Yeah, that's true. To. And you have a lot going on right now. So that's yeah. awesome. It's kind of like the best of both worlds because I'll still have a paycheck to cover essentials and expenses and then have an extra day to do stuff that I want to do.
1: Yeah. I listened to your first episode today. Oh, you did? I yeah, was, was
0: nervous about it. Um,
1: <laughs> I like the. I love your intro music. I like The intro is so good.
0: I, it's my favorite thing too. Um, I think that, so that first episode with my, it was with my best friend and, uh, it was, I literally just called her and started recording and didn't tell her I was recording.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny.
0: I mean, I told her at the end and yeah, yeah. I let her listen to it before I posted it. So like, if there's anything I had in there, she didn't want in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's not even in it. Um, <laughs> but I, she's kind of an introvert and I didn't want that to impact like anything she said. And I really just wanted to to be authentic. So
1: that is so great. Yeah. I kind of, I was wondering like how that worked. Cause like, I, I noticed you like bleeped out like names and companies. It, it was like, she was just chatting it up. It was so great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like I told her at the end, she got, I was like, yeah. And she didn't have a reaction at all. And I was like, <laughs> come on, like, you're supposed to be like, what? And, uh, she was like, well, you know, I just would have like, uh, not said so many names and stuff. So you'd have less to edit.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, um, I think her and I were both concerned that it was, might've come across more whiny than uplifting.
1: That's a good point. I was thinking about that in terms of like how I tell this story, as I said, like I read it and I got so heated again. So I'm trying to be like, okay, like what are, what came out of that? That was really positive and like try to spin it in that way.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think what I'm going to do is maybe for this episode, do an intro and talk about like, because like she was concerned about that. And since you thought about that, like, I think that is a concern. I think that's part of the culture as women that we grow up with we're dealing with this, but it's almost like, oh, just deal with it. That's life. And yeah. So I might put some kind of intro in there about that.
1: And the other thing um, that I was like thinking about too, is the person that I'm going to like kind of talk about is a man. And like, I noticed she talked a lot about men too. So I was like, I'm sure you don't want your podcast to just be like this like man bashing thing. Cause I'm sure there's like stories of women like who have done that too. It was just funny. Cause I was like, oh yeah, mine is totally like similar. (laughs)
0: Well, that's exactly. It. So when I recorded hers, I was like, maybe I won't use hers first. Cause that's exactly what I thought. I was like, I don't want people to think that I'm just bashing. Like this is clearly just highlighting and something that I, I want to, um, bring focus and attention to and then use it to create children's books with obviously, but <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I'm just going to keep doing it this way, and uh, I might rock some boats. And <laughs>
1: No, it's great. I mean, just
0: keep going and see what comes from it. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with introducing you.
1: I am Jessica Lawler. I'm from Philadelphia, and I have my own business. So my business is called Jessica Lawler & Company. I call it JL & Co. for short, and I started it about five years ago. So my background is in public relations. I went to school here in Philly. I went to Temple University, studied PR. I started my career in PR. I worked in healthcare, I worked in travel and tourism. And during that time, I always was kind of interested in entrepreneurship. So I started blogging while I was in college. I've had various blogs over the years. And through my blog, I actually you know, started networking with different entrepreneurs on social media. Twitter was something that I've been in love with for many years now met a lot of cool people through that and pretty soon started getting some freelance opportunities so i started doing some freelance writing i started doing some consulting on people helping them with blog content and public relations and social media and i kind of you know was doing this at the same time at a full-time job so i was waking up really early i was waking up at like 5 a.m trying to get in a couple hours of side hustle until i went to my full-time job worked there. And then at the same time, I was going through yoga teacher training. So I was at the yoga studio at night. And I just realized I was kind of burning the candle at the end of both sticks. And I realized something had to change. So that was when I decided that I was going to quit my full time job and take my side hustle full time myself. And that's when I started JL and co. So I've been doing that ever since It's been about five
0: years now. Ugh, such an amazing story. I'm am so envious. <laughs> I can't even imagine waking up at 5 a.m. to like the passion it takes to waking up early for me is not easy. Just Same. I'm here, I'm a night owl. So, when did that happen? How long have you been running your PR business? Yeah, so I quit my full time job in December
1: of 2015 and I gave about two months' notice. And I was really methodical leading up to it. So I know in my, you know, little intro of myself, it made it kind of sound like it all just happened overnight, but it was actually many years of saving a lot of money and sacrificing in different areas. so that I could eventually you know, quit my job and, and start my own thing. So I quit the job in December 2015, started um, JL & Co on February 1st, 2016. And when I first started the business, I was a little bit all over the place as I think many business owners are. Um, as I mentioned, my background's in PR and marketing. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do anything in the communications realm. If someone wanted help with social media, I was gonna help them. If someone wanted help with email marketing, I was going to help them. And then finally, I realized, okay, I need to hone in on kind of like a niche. So over the past few years, I've really focused on what I call content management. So it's helping clients with their own content, whether it's managing their blog for them, helping them find writers, editing their work, getting their posts live. And that still involves a little bit of PR or email marketing here and there. But really, I consider myself an in-house managing editor for the clients that I work with. So it's been going really well. I have a couple of team members that I work with now too. So it's not just me, it's been growing, which is really exciting. And um, ever since I decided to focus on content management, I've found like a new passion for my business because I've kind of found myself all over the place and just not really knowing kind of the direction I wanted to take it.
0: When did you know you wanted to start your own business? What was that motivation? Where did that come from? I think I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. I've
1: Always loved writing from the time I was little. Um, I still want to be an author. Um, I haven't really started writing that book, but it's something that I've always loved. And um, so I think it kind of started with a love of writing and maybe wanting to write a book one day. And then I've always just been a little bit entrepreneurial. And uh, I was really excited by the fact when I was in college, um, I graduated from college in 2010. And I think Twitter came out in like 2008, 2009. And I joined really early. And I just thought Twitter was like the coolest thing ever. And I felt like I had a leg up on the people I went to school with because they were networking with PR professionals in Philadelphia, but I was networking with PR pros all over the world through Twitter. And I just got really excited about social media and the possibilities that it held. And that's where I learned about freelance writing. I saw that there were people who had the same skill sets that I have who were just out there looking for opportunities. And I started doing that myself. So I think it kind of came from, you know, my love of writing. And then being active on social and just seeing that if you kind of put yourself out there and develop a brand for yourself, a lot of good things can come and a lot of really awesome
0: opportunities can come your way. I think it's amazing that you learned that lesson so quickly out of college. There's so many things that I'm just now learning and I've been out of school eight years. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think the opportunities like
1: have grown even more since then. Right. I mean, back then it was just Twitter, but now there's so much, there's podcasts, there's Instagram, like TikTok. There's like all these crazy things that people are building their brands and actually making money from it. And I I just got really excited by all those possibilities when I was graduating and then kind of young in my career.
0: That's so exciting. So, um, the basis of this podcast, as you know, is a, really to empower women um to overcome everyday hurdles and uh so I really like to feature one or two stories that you may have of a time when you've been underestimated what did you learn from that first of all tell us the story and tell it as authentically as you possibly can and then we'll go from there and I I love to hear what you've learned from that and how you've grown from those situations sure so Okay, I have a doozy of a story for
1: you. I'm so so excited. (laughs) It was kind of crazy because when you invited me to be on the podcast, I was nervous because I was like, I don't really know if I've been underestimated. And I couldn't think of something right away. Nothing really popped out. And the more I thought about it, I think we all are underestimated in small ways a lot, sadly. Um, But there is a lot to learn from it. Okay, so the scenario that I'm going to talk about is um, something that happened when I quit my job to start my business. So I was really excited about quitting my job and I had a lot of support from people in my life. I mean, even my parents who really didn't understand like social media or like they didn't even really understand what I did as a PR pro, let alone how I was going to take my skill set and turn it into a career that made me money. Um, But they were super supportive and they just believed in me. So like I had the support of my family all of my friends at the time were asking me why didn't you quit your job sooner like we, you've been doing this for so long you're doing so well already why don't you just quit your job?" So I had all this support and it was so wonderful and it really did encourage me to finally you know take the plunge and quit. So when I did that, I sent out an email to people in my network and I sent individual emails to people I considered mentors, past professors, past internship supervisors, job supervisors just to kind of let them know. What I was doing and so at the time there was a person in my life who I considered a mentor He was a little bit older, maybe like middle-aged married has kids Um, Someone I really admired his career trajectory We would talk often about writing and about marketing and and careers and someone just I really trusted and, and valued their opinion and so I sent an email to this person And let them know, you know, I have some really exciting news. I'm going to be quitting my job and starting my business. And the email I got back from him, I was not expecting. Um, It was actually like the longest email I've ever received. It was filled with his advice and words of wisdom. But the one thing that really kind of um, set me off was that he asked me a lot of questions. So he first said, how are you going to pay for healthcare? How are you going to do this? How are you going to make money? How are you going to get clients? It was like more questions than my parents had asked me or people who are like very close to me had asked me. And he mentioned that someone close to him in his life had tried to start their own business and failed. And I think that's kind of where maybe the questions were coming from and the concern and I try to see the best in everyone, um, but in this case, it was kind of hard. And so, from there, the email went on to give me a lot more feedback and tips and advice. And you know, I sat with this email, and I finally responded. And I wrote back to him, and I was I was pretty kind, and I answered his questions about healthcare and all this stuff. And I thought the email exchange was over, and then I got another email from him, and. He basically at the time I had been, um, the time that I was freelancing and saving up money to quit my job, I had made the decision to live at home with my family so I could save more money, mm-hmm. I th- which I thought was a pretty, you know, smart, financially savvy decision. And it was a sacrifice. It was a time where a lot of my friends who were also in their like early to mid twenties were living on their own in apartments and doing fun things that I felt like I was making this sacrifice because I knew that it was mm-hmm. going to lead me towards something bigger. But in his email, he pulled out the fact that um, he said, "How are you going to have a successful business if you live at home with your family?" And I really didn't understand how, (laughs) like, what that had to do with, like, how I could be successful, or the image that that would portray of me. And then he proceeded to tell me about a time that he was speaking with a friend of his who we both know, and how they were making fun of me behind my back about living at home and about like what I blog about. And he said about a year or so ago, a comment was made about you that I overheard. The comment was something like, Jess tries a new coffee, posts about it on Twitter and thinks that's getting gutsy. Mind you, at this point, like I'm in my mid twenties, these people are in their thirties, forties, fifties, and people are still bullying and, and making fun of people. And I was shocked to even see that he put this in an email. Like, why would you even need to tell me that? And so I was really proud of my response. I basically just wrote back and I said, you know, some things are better left unsaid today has been a really big day for me. Keep in mind, this is the day I announced I was quitting my job to start a business. Like everyone else in my life was celebrating with me. And this one person was just like trying to pull me down. And from there, that was basically the end of my relationship with this person. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. Like it did bring down my mood that day. And it's, it's sad that one voice, one negative voice can really bring down the mood when there are like a hundred other positive voices. And that's really something that I tried to like take away from it was, you know, I don't have to care about what this one person thinks when there are so many other people supporting me.
0: That's just how assumptive he was and talking that's, Oh, it's infuriating. Ah, like, I really want to read that email now. <laughs> I'd be happy to forward it to you. And it's so funny because guess what? Honestly, it's not
1: something five years later that I think about on a daily basis, but you know, preparing for the podcast, I, I pulled up the email. Like I remembered it in, and reading it today, like, oh my God, I was seething. Like it just makes me so mad to this day that someone could just want to bring someone down on a day that they're really celebrating something exciting. And Honestly, I think it has more to do with the way this person felt about themselves and their life and maybe their career trajectory than actually having concern for me. But yeah, just not a good look all around.
0: You're over here kicking butt with your new business. So have you spoken to him? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, uh, that was the end of our direct
1: communication. I, I think I, I see him on LinkedIn from time to time, but I kind of unfollowed on every other channel just because... I don't need that kind of negativity. And just to know that someone's watching what I'm putting out there and it it almost seemed like hoping that I would fail or waiting for me to make a misstep. And so I kind of just cut it off from there. And you know, I wish him well and I hope that he is happy, but I I really did take away from that exchange that like, it it just seemed like had more to do with with him than it did with me.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. I I have a few friends and family and people acquaintances. I know that my, my little sister, which I plan on bringing on here at one point is trying to start her own little side hustle. She didn't go to school. Um, she has a gorgeous little one-year-old and it works retail and is furloughed right now. So she's spending even more time on her business. And some of the comments that I see her get are, is exactly the same. It's just people that are just assuming she's going to fail. And whenever I look at the lives of those people very frequently, it's they've attempted something in their life and they failed and they never tried again. And therefore they just make this assumption that anyone that tries this is always going to fail. It's very infuriating.
1: It really is. And yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from that scenario and it it really encouraged me to just listen to the people who wanted to celebrate with me. And at the end of the day, like that was a really good day. It was an exciting day. I put out this news and I got so many positive comments and just people saying they were rooting for me and that they wanted to help. And And so I tried to really force myself, even though I was like kind of bummed to, to look at the right side and to kind of remember that like I had a whole team of people behind me, even if they're was one person and you know what I also learned that not everyone is going to like you and that's also okay too especially when you're putting yourself out there in the public eye whether it's someone like you you're starting a podcast or whether it's starting a new business or or just starting a new adventure not everyone's gonna like what you're doing and you kind of have to just be okay with that too and be confident in what you're putting out there
0: it's very scary too like uh I I think the same thing like not everyone's going to like what you put out there or like what you're doing or like you. And I think that somebody that's always been the type of person that I'm, I get a lot of my self-worth and I'm working on this from, I'm a people pleaser from other people's um, approval of me. (laughs) So uh, I think that's a very challenging thing to to have to work through. So I want to move on to a, another question. Uh, And it's kind of in law along the lines with that your experience of being underestimated but feel free to uh express something else that's outside of that what is the most vulnerable thing you've learned as a woman that you would want your younger self to know oh that's such a good question okay so it kind of goes along with my story
1: but also just a lot of other general situations but i would say stop worrying so much about what other people think that's really what i wish i could tell not only like my younger younger self but even somewhat myself like five years ago or even in college and the reason i say that is because like i've always loved writing i've always loved doing all this like weird like what i used to consider like weird internet stuff like like blogging before blogging was like a really big thing and I used to always care so much if, if people were like, what are you doing on a Friday night? And I'd be like, oh, I'm like working on my blog. And I used to worry so much if people would be like, oh my God, she's so nerdy or like, she's like, that's so stupid. And I wish I would just embrace the fact that like, these are the things that I liked and they, and, and I wish I could tell myself like, they're going to lead you towards the path that you're going to be on. That's going to be a great career. And you're going to be really happy and find success. And I wish I would have just told myself to stop worrying so much about you know, looking cool or
0: doing, you know, what everyone else was doing and and all of that. I think the noise gets loud whenever you're worried about what people think. Uh, Whenever I was younger in school, I sat in the back of the classroom and read books and didn't talk to anyone because I saw a lot of catty girls talking behind each other about each other behind each other's backs. And I just never wanted to be a part of that. So I removed myself from the situation. Um, People now don't believe that because I'm pretty loud, but... (laughs) I love that. We would have been like best friends
1: sitting in the back of class together, reading our books.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's a lesson I'm still learning. I think it's a hard lesson to learn. I, my parents, I grew up with my parents always saying like, it doesn't matter what people think. And I, I still like it. I've, I think it's a hard one to, uh, to move forward with. It
1: is. And it's, it's easier said than done for sure. That's advice that You know, I don't know if, even if I told myself, my younger self that, if I would have listened because it's so hard when you're, when you're in the moment and there's peer pressure and you want to just kind of fit in, but I
0: wish I would have just known that everything
1: was going to work out the way it was supposed to.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think we, if you're healthy enough and if you are self-aware enough, find ways to, to end up spending your time doing things that you really enjoy and have joy in. So I think that's what you've really conquered and done is that. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: just going back and when I received that email, especially the part about like living at home in my early twenties, I felt so much shame when, you know, I got that email and I was like, Oh my God, what do people think? And I wish I would have just embraced it. And it's something that I have, I've written blog posts about since, but embracing like why I did that and Uh and what it led me to and, and not being ashamed of that. Like I loved my time living at home with my family in my, you know, as a, as a young adult, like getting to have a different kind of relationship with my parents and obviously the benefit of saving a lot of money that gave me the comfortable cushion to quit my job. But I wish it would have been something that I
0: would have been like, yeah, I do live at home. Here's why it's great. (laughs) Well, there's a I feel like there's a ton of entrepreneurs that started out that way too. I think I've covered all of those questions. Now, here's the fun part. How do we turn this into a children's book and a storyline? Like I'm picturing illustration and I I want your brainstorming powers with me to figure this out. But for some reason, um, I just picture little Ruthie. I don't know if I've given you the premise of uh, what this children's book is going to be based on. Um, the character's name is Ruthie and her dog, Chloe, and it's Ruthie from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because I just love it. (laughs) You know, one of the most empowering women tales ever. (laughs) Yes. Um, although the stories aren't going to have anything to do with her. I just named her after that. Okay. So I pictured turning your story. I'm a runner, but anyways, this is just what I saw in my head whenever I was imagining illustration was uh, a runner running and then everyone's cheering the runner on some kind of long distance or sprint, uh, well Ruthie running. And then you just hear this one person yelling negative comments saying you're not gonna make it or trip or whatever. Um, But then that one person just becomes in the illustration seems to be louder and louder from everyone else cheering. And then eventually you just pass that person up then you move on. And then I'd have to figure out what else to put in there. I don't know.
1: Wow, you are a natural. (laughs) You just came up with that after hearing my story. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you're definitely meant to
0: do your children's book series. That was so good, I love that. I have a very active imagination. it becomes, becomes a little scary at night because every little creak and noise and shadow. <laughs> yeah, I feel that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, I love that. The other thing, the other angle that we could potentially play off of would be um, just with my advice of kind of stop worrying so much about what other people think. Maybe that could make another story of, you know, someone who isn't following what the cool crowd at school is doing and try and, and maybe feels a little sad about it but then kind of learns to embrace what they're excited or passionate about that's different than what everyone else is doing. I like yours a little better, but that's kind of where I was going with it too.
0: What if we can incorporate that? Like it doesn't have to be running or anything. Um, That's just where like I was picturing illustration in my mind. But if we, if you have an idea of where the, the places that this takes place, just shout it out. Um, but if I was to incorporate that into the running, what if it's a long distance running team with Ruthie and Ruthie's likes to do weird pigtails or a different kind of uniform that's different than the team. And then they're all making fun of her for, you know, having crazy socks and they're her lucky crazy socks. I love it. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I love it. I think that's. I don't know. This is my favorite part about the podcast is when it's so great to hear the story of your story, really just like, it's crazy to think that those really do exist and they exist with real people that I know and that I become friends with and um, that are close to me. And it's so crazy because you started out with your story saying, you know, it was hard for me to think of a time that I was underestimated. And I've got a feeling that that's, the way most of my interviews are going to start out because it really is hard because I think it happens quite frequently.
1: Yeah, and it happens so subtly too. Like it's not something major or obvious. Like I couldn't think of a time where maybe I've been like passed over or had someone blatantly say something like mean to my face. Like those are kind of the things I try to think about when you first mention the word underestimated. But like the like more you dig deep into like the definition of underestimated, we all have definitely moments where we have been.
0: Well, and the more I think about it, I was like, I'm also guilty of underestimating people as well. Like when my sister started her business, like I've never said anything to her, but I was just like, oh, this is a cool project for her to work on and see where it goes. I never thought that it would turn into anything. She now has close to a thousand followers in this Facebook group and is making sales every day in a Facebook group she didn't have a website or anything. It's just amazing. So I don't know. I think we're guilty of doing it. Um, the more I think about it, it, it's also like family underestimate you, friends underestimate you people that are close to you too, that we just kind of, it's sad because it influences you and influences your decisions too. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm excited to write a children's book story with you. Um, but it would be fun for each new story if I had like the signature of the person I interviewed that the story came from on the book and had it printed within the illustration. That's an awesome idea. Just came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really fun project to work on. Um, I enjoy it a lot. So if, if underestimated listeners want to reach you, how do they get in touch with you? Are. So they can check out my website. It's jessicalawler.com. Also
1: on all the social media, my favorites are Twitter. I'm at Jess there, and Instagram at Jessica L Lawler. It's all on my website too. So jessicalawler.com is the best place to
0: go. Perfect. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Underestimated Stories for Women. If you enjoy my podcast, please follow me on iTunes, Spotify, or Clips so you can hear my next story.